0: You're listening to LaxRecords.com Podcast, Episode 15. Today we're talking Philly lacrosse, so let's get started. Hey everybody, Mike here. Welcome to the LaxRecords.com Podcast. Today we're continuing some of our state previews and today we're digging deep into the Philadelphia lacrosse scene with Chris Goldberg of phillylacrosse.com and toplaxrecruits.com. Chris has been a staple in the Philly Cross scene for more than two decades now. I've known him since about 2009-2010, and I was thrilled to have him on today as we talk about the litany of players to watch for the 2017 season, in addition to uh, the new layout for the PIAA, the public school championship format in Pennsylvania, and his pick for some of the sleeper teams uh, for the 2017 season, one of which even had me a little surprised, so it's a, it's a good talk. We also talk about his national website, TopLaxRecruits.com where they just released a lot of their high school rankings in the past week including their North America rankings which has, spoiler, McDonough School of the MIAA as their number one. Uh, most of you probably already follow him judging by the 28,000 Twitter followers TopLaxRecruits has but if you're not already sure be sure to check them out. TopLax is also at TopLaxRecruits on Instagram and also check out at PhillyLacrosse on Twitter and on Instagram. And let me not forget myself before we get into it be sure to follow me on twitter and instagram at lax records and on facebook at facebook.com slash lax records i as usual I have all the links in the show notes and on laxrecords.com so without further ado on to the show i'm here with chris goldberg of toplaxrecruits.com and philly lacrosse.com uh chris thanks for thanks for coming on the podcast man i really appreciate it yeah no problem mike it's great to be here um so, you know, uh, obviously you you created your empire a few years ago, but it started with the Philly lacrosse site. So we're going to focus in on on Philly for a few minutes and then I'll let you talk about a little bit like top lacs because I know you guys came out with your, I think it was your uh, North America rankings. I think that was today or yesterday. So we can, Yeah, yesterday, correct. A, a little bit as well at the end. So we'll we'll start with Philly and then we'll kind of expand out uh, and I'll kind of let you go for a little minute, for a few minutes at the end. Um, so first, kind of looking... At the Philly area. The the teams that won it all last year, uh, what do you expect them to look like in twenty seventeen? Well, it's gonna it's gonna double because this is the first year that Pennsylvania
1: sanctions sanctioning uh, two classes for their uh, state state tournaments. So there's gonna be a double A and a triple A championship for the public and private schools that are in the PIAA, Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic Association. Um it's been sanctioned by the state since 2009, and there's always been one champion. Um, and then there's also a, another champion, the private schools, the top private schools uh, in the Interact League, is um, uh, you know the other power league in the in the state. So you can, you kind of have three champions this year uh, when you look at it. it. Used to be just one, but uh, now there'll be three for the first time. So it's exciting. It's different. The smaller schools have a chance to win a championship but it ended up last year that one of the teams that's in double a this year in the smaller division was the state champion anyway so i think uh, both their classes are pretty even
0: so what teams of note are going into that like uh so is it going to be like double a is the like small school considered the the big the big one because i know every state does it differently
1: yeah i just i actually just reposted it on philly lacrosse i we came out with they came out with it in the summer for a two year period who's double a AA, who's triple a so the the defending state champion is Springfield delco they're in double a so they're in the smaller division and they only graduated three seniors so they were excellent players um but they will definitely be a you know favorite for for the double a championship but there's some other standout teams in this small um, division now this, these are district 1, which is the phila Philadelphia suburbs area, which has. Dominated the state tournament, so the thing of it is, is very few teams can win the district and then go in the state uh, when they are all combined, even in the AA level. It's going to be hard to win both, but Springfield Delco Strathaven, which was also in the state semifinals last year and fell to Springfield Delco. They also return almost their whole team. So those two teams are even in the same league and almost neighbors. And they're both in the Central League. They're the two favorites in AA, but you also have Bishop Shanahan, which has gone to the state tournament most of the last few years. Um, Radner, which was state champion two years ago. So another AA team on the state title two years ago. Uh, and Pencrest, The year before, so you look at it, that's three straight state champions are all double a teams. so that tells you how strong the double a is in district one and and around the state and the triple a you've got Conestoga, which also is in the central league and has won a couple state titles. This is, uh, again, District 1, and we'll talk about District 12 in a bit. You've got Springford, which is a very strong team. You've got Garnet Valley, which is one of the favorites this year as well. Avon Grove, which has gone to the state finals. Um, So that's uh, in District 1 in the AAA. Uh, The big change this year that it hasn't been officially announced about how they'll do it, but LaSalle and St. Joe Prep of the Catholic League, they're in District 12 Mm -hmm. because they're in the city at least their leagues are actually sanctioned in the city uh, district. Only one of those two teams has ever been eligible to go to the state tournament because of the only the fact that 16 teams go. And every year, one of those teams has been in the state finals, I believe, if I think back um, in my history. uh, But this year, it looks like two of them would be able to go to the state tournament in AAA. So that That'll be interesting. LaSalle was in the state finals last year. They have a very strong team, in St. Joe Prep, as well as a very strong team. So District 12 could send, should send two teams to the state tournament in AAA, uh, making AAA very strong as well. Yeah, I mean, um, and then
0: LaSalle was in a, St. Joe's go ahead. 2015. So, you know, the fact that both of them can go to the tournament, that could just create a little bit more excitement.
1: Yeah, St. Joe Prep lost in overtime to Radner in 2015, and LaSalle lost a one-goal game to Springfield last year. So it shows you how close those two teams have been to a state championship.
0: Yeah, that should, that should be exciting. It'll be, when when do, they, do you expect that to be announced here? Fairly soon? Well the tour, the the
1: district 12 tournament has always been the Catholic league champion versus the public league champion. You know, unfortunately the public league would not be competitive with the Catholic league, but since now district 12 has two berths in the state tournament, because, you know, now that there's two 16 team tournaments, it kind of opened things up. It's assumed that they will have a tournament or, or they'll, I'm not sure how they're going to do it. I mean, we don't know for sure until District 12 would actually announce how they're going to run their tournament and they would actually seed teams or have a Catholic League champion play the public league runner up. I I don't know how they're going to do that. So we may not even know for a little while. I doubt that they've, uh, I don't know that they've discussed
0: that yet. So we may not know. uh, February twentieth, but obviously Philly got got about uh, roughly a month, give or take, before the season actually starts. So, <laughs> correct, yeah. We're we all, we're all ahead of when the season starts just because of the nature of the beast. You gotta you gotta figure all this stuff out early. Um, so yeah yeah. Public school. what about uh, the the interact? Uh, is anybody going to give Haverford or Malvern a run for their money? Um,
1: I, I would think this year that uh, Episcopal will be a team that could knock off somebody if if, if somebody took them lightly. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, Haver. I just got off the phone yesterday with John McAvoy coach at Malvern prep. So he went through his team and I know um, talked about uh, Haverford with coach Nostrand a couple of times in the off season. So it, it should be a two team race. I would think Episcopal with Chris Bates as a coach, you know, what a great coach, right? Uh, what a big plus for Episcopal to, to, to have a Chris Bates coaching, someone that's been highly successful at the collegiate level, uh, and they have a pretty good returning group. Uh, I think Germantown Academy, Penn Charter um, will always be strong. I, and I know you're going to be asking me about sleeper teams. One 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 of those would definitely be Springside Chestnut Hill Ac- Academy okay. in the Interact League. They have a number of Division One recruits, so that would be another team that could knock off anybody I think in the league and outside the league um, could be a very strong team. So it'll be interesting to see how they're, how they do this year with the talent that they have, but on the whole Haverford and Malvern are the clear cut favorites in the beginning. And it should be a heck of a race as it always is with those two.
0: Yeah. That, that league's always brutal, you know, outside, you know, obviously Haverford and and, um, and Malvern are usually, usually one and two, um, you know, Episcopal kind of, you know, kind of comes in and out or it has in years past with, with coach Hayes there. But it's, you know, outside of that, it's like you get a lot of teams that are always hovering around 500 because they always seem to be beating each other. So it seems really yeah. those top two or three teams. Yeah, I was I was looking at the history of league champions on my site going
1: back to 2004. There hasn't been anyone other than Haverford or Malvern. And those two teams have tied five times since then. Malvern's won three outright. Haverford's won one, two, three, four, five outright. So it's, it's those two teams have... Dominated the league, though Episcopal did win an Interact postseason tournament mm-hmm. one year and has almost won a couple others, so uh, they're, they're they're capable.
0: Uh, you, mean, you mentioned Coach Bates. I was actually going to ask about him, like you know, I, I, I was talking to uh, Coach Bordley and I talked to, talked to Tim Dodds at St Stephen St Agnes, and we we both kind of talked about um, Kevin Giblin at Bishop O'Connell and what impact he might have in his first year. What impact do you think Coach Bates will have in his first year at Episcopal? Well,
1: the, the festival's been successful under Coach Andy Hayes, and there's some pretty good seniors coming back as well. Um, I, I, you know, a new coach, obviously, that's a change, but he he does have that college experience and has coached high school years ago and knows the Philadelphia area very well, coaching at Princeton uh, and Drexel. So, uh, yeah he's extremely knowledgeable and he's a passionate coach and I'm sure he's, he's going to do really well there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess he'll be, be one to watch. Like he's not really inheriting something with the where the cupboards bear. Episcopal is always competitive. So yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's but, enough talent there for a successful season. Yeah. Um. And we're, we're probably going to have to limit this next question just to a few because it's the Philly area and there's always a lot of big name players that come out of that state just out of that area in general. But who are some of the, the big players? Obviously, you know, the Matt Moores and Kyle Longs, um, I think most people know. But, I, I, you know, who are some of the big players that people might recognize and have could, could have big years this year? Sure. Well, Matt Moore is the first one that would come to
1: anybody's mind uh, uh, in pretty much every rankings that you see out there. The number one rated senior coming in, though he is coming off – he had a little surgery a couple months ago for a stress fracture, and he may not be ready for the very beginning of the year, but uh, should be in full strength uh, and soon enough. I'm looking at my all-Philly lacrosse team from last year. He's one of two juniors that were on the first team, 48 goals, 58 assists. He can play attack. He can play mid. basically does everything. Um, James Spence, a goalie at Springfield Delco, a big reason why they won the state title. Matt's headed to Virginia, by the way. James Spence going to Lehigh, uh, committed to Lehigh, and a phenomenal goalie, one of the best in the country. He's a key returnee for the way they play, a very standout defense. Um, Jacob Buttermore, a mid-e for Garnet Valley, another great senior coming back, uh, who's going to Syrac- who's committed to Syracuse, is another big name. Jeff Connor had a phenomenal sophomore year, leading Strathaven's charge of the state semifinals. He's committed to St. Joe's, only a junior, great, great player. Um, some others, uh, Danny Cassidy, Springford, their top returnee senior. Um, he just committed to BU, actually. Uh, excellent, had 50 goals last year at midfield. Uh, Luke McCallion for Haverford High, a strong team in the Central League, midfielder and uh, face off specialist, uh, at 39 goals last year is a key returnee. Uh, big thing about Philly as always, uh, face off specialists. Uh, they are. Uh, this area is just a hotbed for face off some great, uh, coaching in the area and, uh, Philly face off one, one big reason why, but just a, just a phenomenal tradition of face off specialists. Mike sisselberger uh, is. uh. Junior at uh, Southern Lehigh is committed to Lehigh, uh, standout in the Lehigh Valley area. Uh, you've got uh, Sean Prisman of Malvern Prep, one of their top players, returning. Headed to BU, Nate Hammond headed to the Naval Academy for Avon Grove. He's only a junior. Anthony Giuliani of LaSalle has been their face-off guy. It seems like forever. He's going to Penn. Headed to Penn. Uh, you know big reason why they've been so successful. McCallion, uh, Michael Ott, Central Bucks East Junior, Stan hasn't committed yet actually. James Riley, Conestoga's committed to Georgetown, he's only a junior, Ott's only a junior. Those are probably the best returning space of special. I had a hard time picking my all-Philly lacrosse team last year with these guys and the seniors from last year was brutal. Um, Some of the other top returnees uh, from Malvern Prep, Billy Coyle, a senior who's committed to Cornell. Attackman, Brett Baskin of LaSalle, committed to Johns Hopkins, a senior. Kyle Long, it's only a junior for Springfield Delco, committed to Maryland. uh, Big reason why they won the state title last year. Um, There's a couple really strong defensemen at Springside Chestnut Hill, Matt Ray. Ray Hill is committed to Maryland. And another, um, his last name is Glenn Denning. I think it's Malcolm because I'm not looking right at his name, but I I remember he uh, actually was a standout at the Under Armour Tournament. Excellent player. Um, Those are uh, some of the top players coming
0: back. Um, you know, one thing I noticed yeah. is it, it, it's a conspicuous absence. I didn't hear any, you mentioned Haverford High School, which for anybody, oh, knows, yeah. maybe, you know, there's there's a Haverford School, which is usually the national power, and then there's a Haverford High School, which is just a public school. But I didn't hear you mention anybody from Haverford School on that list. They obviously they graduated docs and, and Forey last year, who, you know, obviously had yep. a good week last week, um, but <laughs> they got coming back. Yeah, Haverford School, I think, and I was just talking to,
1: couple people about this the first time in a long time you don't have the you know a name that just jumps off the seat at you. You know, you know Docs Aiken is already dominating college and Forey Smith is doing fantastic at Hopkins, you know, at Alex DeMarco. The list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Grant a man who's now a sophomore at Penn State, he had nine points the other day. So the Haverford uh Standouts this year, they have a number of very, very good players, and um they're gonna, you know, Coach Nostrand knows how to win. Uh, his son John Nostrand's going to Penn State, one of the biggest names probably, but they don't have that superstar. But uh, I think they have enough star players that they're going to be pretty darn good. I don't think anyone has to worry about that. <laughs> so, but yeah, they don't have that big, big name guy
0: for the first time in a long time. Yeah, that's good to hear from you because I was looking at looking around and I'm like, wow, this it's like I must be must be slipping because I'm not seeing anything when that's, and so many years I mean just you're used to seeing one or two names you're like, oh yeah, that's the guy, but you know I guess it's uh it, you know everything runs in cycles even in in private school sure sure but i i don't think anybody's crying for john nostran at half <laughs> probably <laughs> no one's feeling sorry too sorry for him uh all right so uh we kind of mentioned some of the players now i'm going to put you a little bit on the spot and ask you who you think your your picks are so you get you for the public school league you kind of get two now you don't have to pick the one so that's at least a little bit nicer
1: now uh, i'd say this like i said you have the the district championship and the state title, and it's very difficult. I think Conestoga did it 1 year won the district and the state, they might have done it twice. I don't even think so. I, I think they may have done it twice, but in recent years, uh, yeah, it's been very difficult to win both. So yeah it, 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 predicting a state title you almost really would have to predict the district title and then kind of assume it's gonna be hard to win the state title because again, like I mentioned double a AA and triple a are really really challenging both of them so and you know, I love Garnet Valley Matt Moore is back um but then they when they go to states they you know they have to take on probably LaSalle and saint Joe prep as well so they, You could say they're a favorite in District 1, but Conestoga is incredibly deep and is very talented. So they're the two, the two teams, I think in District 1 to look at. And La uh, LaSalle as well, for sure. And AA, Springfield and Strathaven are the natural picks, but <laughs> watch out for Bishop Shanahan and Radnor has a lot of really great young talent and they've been there before. So I think those two teams, Springfield and Strathaven, it's easy to say they they'd be favorites to win a district or a state title, Um, but both have a lot of great coaches in Southeastern PA. Uh, Clearly last year, their coaches did phenomenal jobs with really young teams and now they have a lot back, but then they gotta deal with the pressures too, so. uh, but to go kind of outright and pick a state title as a state champion is uh, almost ludicrous to try to do that.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. I'll let you off the hook on that one. Uh, one, huh. one thing I do, you know, just kind of looking and having covered, you know, the, the sport for, for a number of years and looking at, you know, for – I mean, you could almost count it on – it was almost a, on the bank, you know. either it was either going to be a LaSalle or Conestoga that won the state title once it got sanctioned. Like it was, you know, from 2009 to 2013, one of those teams won – um, obviously, and, and neither of them have won since 2014, what changed, um, around the area that kind of allowed some of these other teams to, to start beating these eight other teams and win state titles? Uh, I don't think anything changed. Conestoga had uh,
1: three, even it was three to four years of incredible classes and a cycle that was i uh, not seen since Ridley in the early 2000s of a public school having this kind of talent. They just had a phenomenal run when they won those state titles. And you know, they lost to LaSalle in 2009. They won in 10, 11. And I guess they, they let me see. Now, oh boy, too much time's going on. They <laughs> State title. It, it all runs in my head. Well, I haven't they, they did win three in a row. Yeah. They won 210, 211, 212, and they made it to the finals in 213. They were there five straight years. Yeah. They, they just had an incredible run. Coach Brian Sampson did an amazing job with, uh, with a tremendous talent, but in playing uh really the game, the right way. And, you know, LaSalle has just been very strong again. Also great coaching there, Bill Leahy and Tony Resch and, um, and they've stayed strong, of course, year after year and have to contend with St. Joe Prep, which has twice made it to the state finals, and practically winning in 2015. So, But there's so much balance in the Philadelphia area that it would be very difficult for anybody to stay up there year after year after year. Um, it just doesn't work that way um, with the talent that there is. And it's very balanced this year, uh, really difficult to pick any kind of favor. I believe last year, Springfield Delco started off with, with three losses in the first four games, and they were very young. And, you know, at that point, I don't know if anybody would have ever ventured to guess they were going to win a state title. Um, maybe their coach, Tom Lemieux, might've <laughs> suspected they could get there, but uh, so it's just very hard to stay that good that many years. So it really was just an amazing run by Conasoga, but i tell you, they have a, uh, a phenomenal freshman class that are gonna be pretty
0: strong for the next couple of years for sure. Okay. Um you mentioned uh Springside Chestnut Hill and the the Interact for one of the possible dark horses. Any other teams you kind of see that, you know, obviously everybody's gonna be looking, especially at Springfield Delco and LaSalle, like all kind of the usual suspects. Is there any team out there, maybe in the public school league, that you're kind of been hearing about that maybe having um could have you know maybe not win at all but kind of make some make some noise this season?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a couple teams. As far as the in the PIAA, Westchester East has a really, really talented team. Coach Jim Shorn is pretty optimistic, as is Downingtown East. I think the Chesmon will be really balanced this year. Avon Grove will still be very strong, and Bishop Shanahan very strong. Uh, those two battled it out last year. But I think East and Downingtown, Westchester East and Downingtown East both could be real factors there um a a team you may not have thought of or heard of and they've been really coming on is academy of the new church Mm -hmm. and they play in the friends school league so you you will hear about them in the postseason when they get to the interact challenge tournament but uh, uh coach rob forster uh LaSalle grad Penn State grad has really uh brought in a lot of talent there they won the Friends School League over a very solid Shipley the last couple years they really could be very strong this year uh should be very strong uh so that's a that would
0: be the other sleeper team I'd say okay all right good to know mark that one on the (laughs) I'll mark that one on my calendar just to see you know keep an eye on them for throughout the year um yeah and and kind of you know uh, you know, I'd I'd say surprise upsets or games to watch. I know I had that on the list. So, is there anything that kind of caught your eye, um, for any game? Like, what are some of the games? That obviously, you know, everybody, you look towards the state championship games and interact because you know those are the, on the calendar. But is there any regular season games you kind of have your eye on that'd be like, you know, I gotta, I know you're, oh yeah, get to that one definitely. Yeah.
1: Right off the bat, looking at Malvern prep schedule, first they open up at Calvert Hall, MIAA Power down in Baltimore on March 21st. But then they're playing at Garnet Valley on the 25th. Uh, PhillyLacrosse.com will be there for that one. Um, I don't know if Matt Moore is going to play that early. Probably not. But Malvern against Garnet Valley, that'll be an interesting one. And then Malvern plays St. Joe Prep on the 28th in a home game, which is another very interesting game. Uh, Prep will be very strong. They go down and they play against Loyola Blakefield, another MIAA power on the 30th. And then they play at Strathhaven April 1st, another great game. And then home against LaSalle April 4th. And then at Haverford School in their first interact game on the 7th. So Malvern Prep's opening of the year schedule. And then they play Gilman, uh, which didn't have a great year in the MIAA, but is supposed to be much improved. Uh, what an opening. I mean, at Calvert Halls, I think I have them ranked fifth in my national rankings. Uh, Garnet Valley, St. Joe Prep, Loyola, which could be a top-20 team easily, at Haven, state semifinalists last year in LaSalle, and then Haverford. Oh, boy, oh, boy. We're, we're going to find out a little bit about Melbourne. <laughs> and then in the Central League, Garnet Valley and Springfield uh, will be playing pretty early on. That's April 6th. At Garnet Valley. That'll be a huge game. Garnet Valley also will be playing at Avon Grove April 13th. That's a game to look to. Um Garnet Valley doesn't play Strathhaven until close to the end of the year. Um Springfield, if I remember correctly, has a, they have an amazing start-off. They have to play at Boys Latin on March 25th, and they're open another superpower from the MIAA. Then they open up their league with Conestogo on the road on the 28th so uh we'll, we'll have to get out to some early games because that yeah. that will be a big opening in the uh central league yeah, that's, uh, so yeah. those are some early games to watch for
0: yeah that's a, it's gonna be a fun early part of the year especially like i i know in years past i look at malvern and haverford schools you know first five or six games of the year and i'm like man i'm like they do not take it easy on themselves. Like, you know, it's one thing to get into the conference record. I mean, that goes for the MIAA schools too, because usually they're playing those guys
1: just <laughs> yeah. go at it. Yeah. Well, now they want to get better. So they're playing really good teams uh, all these, you know, Springfield Delco putting boys Latin on their schedule. and they always play a couple of long Island teams with coach Lemieux from the Island. Uh, but, uh, he, he obviously said to himself, uh, I might as well just play the best. So yeah. They're playing Boys Lad and Malvern always plays a national schedule. So I'm not surprised there. And Garnet
0: Valley playing Malvern right off the bat. That'll prepare them. So Yeah. I always admire the the when the public school guys go out and take on, especially the private school powers, because I know for a number of years when Brian King was at um uh I'm gonna draw draw bike at a uh, Parkside School. That's not Parkside school in Hereford. They were in uh uh-huh hereford before he went to john carroll like every year he would play put three MIAA schools on the schedule and i was talking to him he was like you know what it, it ultimately does not matter if they lose those games he's like because they oh yeah championship he's like if we go and you know we play st paul's to a nine to seven game he's like we only get better so you know i always admired him like because that would have been so easy for him to go out and find someone that they could have just you know rolled up on but oh yeah you can just tell the true nature of a competitor, like yeah we're gonna go out and get better and you know, it doesn't matter if win or lose, we're going to get better, whether or not, you know, we're going to learn something about ourselves, kind of like you said earlier. So I admire that. Sure. The other
1: thing I'd have to mention is the Katie Sampson, found, yeah. it's now called this Katie Sampson Foundation lacrosse festival so that the focus isn't just on Katie. She's an incredible woman. I just happened to see her and her family at the Hall of Fame induction, her father, Peter Sampson, who has been a driving force behind this tournament, was inducted in the Eastern Pennsylvania Hall of Fame. But this this is the biggest one-day lacrosse event in the country or in North America every year. It's April 29th, and uh, some great boys games that day at Radnor High. Let's see if I'm looking at the best ones. Uh, Avon Grove versus St. Joe Prep. Conestoga versus Malvern Prep. You've got... uh, the interesting one's going to be my the Academy of the New Church versus the Hill School, which is this very solid team. Garnet Valley versus Springford is a really big game to look at. Haverford School versus the Hun School. Uh, it's a really nice uh, program out in Princeton. So uh, there's some big games that day, and that's always an incredible incredible event.
0: Yeah, that's Radnor,
1: it. I got the Radnor, chance. William Penn Charter, so they're the host team. They always
0: have a neat game, so. You've covered that, haven't you? Have you ever been yeah, to? Katie Sampson? Yeah, actually, my my last year with ESPN, me and uh, one of my buddies who was a photographer went out and we ran ourselves ragged trying to get to <laughs> <Yeah>. photos and <laughs> and scores because it was you know it was at Radnor and of course it was a pretty big spread to to try and run from field to field and game to game. But you know it was a it was a it was an amazing day and it's a great tournament. I got the chance to talk to the people who run it there and you know it's a it's a great thing. So if anybody's in the area, it's a great. Great tournament to go to, and it's for a good cause, so you can't beat it. Oh, yeah. The the other tournament
1: that has to be mentioned is Checking for Cancer mm-hmm. on, I think it's April 9th. That kind of came from the Haverford School and Coach Nostrand, but it's really uh, expanded. And his Shipley, hosts a couple games, and it's got girls' games, Agnes Irwin. But uh, Coach Nostrand didn't have a final schedule the last time I talked to him, but I, I will have to see if that's, that's done yet. Yeah, that's a, always a great event because they bring in some powers from all over the all over the country, St. Saint, Saint Ignatius preps come from California. I remember when Darien came, there was a, it was a Darien, uh, or was another
0: Connecticut team. It, yeah. Darien, uh, oh, Darien was there one year. Cause I got a photo of a uh, case Matthias there one year. So. Yeah. They came in as like number two and Haverford was, was like a
1: one verse two. And then there was another time, while well, Conestoga hosted, or played uh garden city, I guess it was. And it was another one verse two. Um, It was a great game. Garden City won. There's been some amazing games in that tournament. Uh, Really phenomenal. Brunswick School always comes down. Yeah, that's that's you know, that's a great cause as well as
0: as Katie Sampson. So, yeah, that's great, great things to look forward to. Looking at it, they got a couple other uh, good matchups. They got Penn Charter and St. Augustine Prep. um, Silesianum against Garden City, Haverford versus Strathaven, Harrington versus Bishop O'Connell. Um, and then they have a JV game. And then at Shipley, they have boys and girls. And then Agnes Irwin, they have the girls game. So, but obviously. Oh, you're are you looking at the schedule right now? At the Haverford School again this year. Oh, okay. It's, I got to get that. Always a good tournament. Another one that I've yeah, yeah a number of times and always quite enjoyable. You know, it's, and, and again, it's another one for a good cause. So, you know, <laughs> it's a great day of lacrosse and a great cause. So, yeah. Oh, yes. Um. All right. So, you know, obviously you people can find you at uh, at Philly Across on Twitter and Instagram, but you also run at Top Flax Recruits, which is at Top Flax Recruits on Twitter and Instagram, too. So and I think I saw that you I was checking out your I think it was your North America rankings today. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes to let you plug Top Flax Recruits and just kind of talk because what, what year is this the fourth year that it's been? Fifth, fifth year of our
1: site. It's really the only site that just covers high school and club. Boys and girls lacrosse. Uh, I've got a couple writers, and I've got one on Long Island, and one in one in the in Baltimore area, and um, kind of agents all over the country. And uh, it's really been fun covering, uh, and not and Canada too. A lot of friends up in Canada covering lacrosse. Um, I was just talking to the, the Everest 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 up in Ontario coach as well. Uh, about the prospects up there, there's Hill Academy. So there's uh, great lacrosse all over North America and we put up a lot of commitment stories and where we do rankings and cover games in different places and put up information. So that that's kind of a neat thing to get a perspective all around the country. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy that. Yeah, it's our fifth year covering uh, doing toplaxrecruits.com. My wife gets most of the credit for that. So I can't not give a plug for Kristen and uh, you know, check it out on Instagram and Twitter. We have a lot of you know, over uh, almost uh, we have an hour over 40,000 followers on in social media.
0: So um, people have a zest for high school across and we're yeah. happy to supply it. It's qu- quite an empire you built. Um, you know, it's t- it, as far as the, the national rankings, how you had, Had McDonough number one, you guys are doing a top 20. I think you do, but you have several more other rankings coming out. At least I thought you did in the past, or are you just going to narrow it down? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we did put up our southern rankings, and western rankings actually
1: come out tomorrow. Okay. And then Midwest in a week, and Mid-Atlantic will be in about a week in the day or two as well. So. We do a, every region. Uh, New England will be the last one to come out. That'll be late March because they start a little later. But yeah, yep. we do all the regions and and uh, try to cover girls equally as well. Uh, and it's sometimes a forgotten part of lacrosse, even though like 54 percent of the lacrosse players in the country are female. So right. we love it. I used to coach girls' lacrosse, so I have a you know strong association with uh, girls and women's
0: lacrosse. Right, and so. Um... You know, and you guys, I think of the first. I haven't seen anybody else come out with their rankings. Uh, yeah, yeah, now I'm surprised.
1: Yeah. I'm looking to see inside lacrosse and my buddy Ty Zanders. I'm sure they'll be coming out soon. Ty last year put out a, a private and public. So it's something I have to look at. I may be doing it at some point as well. I do it at the end of the year usually, but we uh, may have to do it all year long.
0: Yeah. And I think one, one of the years when I was a student in sports, I did just the uh, like Deerfield and Taft. and this is kind of a supplemental just for, for something. So there's, there's so many different ways to break it down. Like it's nice to see that it's North America. So Hill Academy gets included. Cause I mean, Hill Academy plays all the American schools, so it might as well be included in there and they usually come. Oh to- yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, watch out for Everest Academy. It's only their second year playing field and, uh, they've, they built up a really nice program, have a number of D one recruits. So, uh, Coach uh, Clem D'Arazio is telling me how strong they're going to be this year. So I'll be looking forward to see how they do. And they yeah, they play mostly in American teams. And they'll. Yeah, I don't think they're playing Hill this year. But I, think, I know they should be playing Culver. So Culver is mostly made up of
0: Canadian players. Not all, but about right. 70% probably. Yeah, I got to see Culver Academy in person last year. I went down. Obviously, I, since I moved to Illinois, I got to go down. And it's about two hours from me. Um, to get down to Culver and one of the campuses oh, that's pretty the, good. the pool is amazing and obviously to see them up front because I got to see Ethan play his final year and he's as good oh. <laughs> as he is on paper for the years that I followed him before that and obviously everybody's getting to see him uh, on TV now but yeah, it, it was it was nice to see him in his final year at high school
1: Yeah, I saw them beat Haverford last year actually in the regular season and they beat them again in the in the Interact Challenge Finals that one I didn't see, but I saw them in the semifinals take apart somebody, and they they were very impressive. I had to go to my nephew's college graduation, so I missed the Interact Challenge finals last year. But um, that's a great program, a great coach, and uh, they're going to be very strong this year. Their junior class is insane, so I think okay. I have them ranked fourth, fourth or yeah, I think they're fourth. I would, I would definitely and MIAA is very strong this year very very strong
0: Yeah. alright Chris well I really appreciate it again it's uh, at Toplax Recruits and at Philly Lacrosse and it's on both Twitter and Instagram so Chris I thank you for taking time I know you're busy man because you got all these rankings coming out and you got um, all the sites you got to run so I really appreciate you making <laughs> it on a Monday evening it's President's Day so hopefully that helped hopefully you got to relax at least a little bit <laughs>